Welcome listeners to Sorry Spice and Everything Nice, the podcast where we delve into a world of diverse and intriguing topics while relishing the joy of each other's company. Welcome listeners. Today we have a mouth-watering episode for you. Whether you're a foodie who loves experimenting in the kitchen, someone who enjoys the occasional indulgence, or simply a curious soul fascinated by the world of flavors, you're in for a treat. Join us as we embark on this culinary journey, exploring the tastes, textures, and traditions that make our favorite foods truly unforgettable. Joining us today, we have myself. Hi, I'm Kenali. I'm Salaja. This is Shivangi. This is Amrita. I'm Priyapa. And this is Hinal. Choosing my favorite food was pretty tough. Ultimately, I had to go with papinolot, also known as kichu. I, I love kichu. It's something you find, you know, during Gerba around this time of the year. So love kichu for sure. That sounds like, it sounds like kichuri, which is one of my favorite foods. I'll, I'll talk about it later, but Kinali, tell us about kichu. How is it made? Actually, I recently had the privilege of making it with my mom and the experience flooded my senses with childhood memories. Babrinolot is a dough, and it's made with rice flour. The aroma of the cumin, the cough from the chilies in the boiling water, the dough's texture beneath my fingers, because there's no better way to eat babrinolot than with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and its spicy kick makes my mouth water. I love spicy food. From my experience, kichu is basically like Play-Doh. <laughs> you can eat it, play with it, <laughs> throw it against the wall. <laughs> I usually add oil in mine and a lot of like... um. I don't know what it's called, Kinoli. Is it like the chili flake? Like it's this red powder. Achar masala. Achar masala. Is that what it's called? Okay, yes. cool. That's so cool. one of my vivid childhood memories around making papinolo with my mom is during the summertime, our aunts would come over and consequently my cousins would be there. And what we would do is my mom would make batches of papinolo to eventually make it into papi, or some people know it as papad. And our key role as children was to knead it. So my mom would put the dough between two plastic covers and me and my cousins would just jump on it, slip and slide on it, play drums on it. We did whatever we wanted to until my mom was like, all right, enough. That's that's what we need. And then she would always take some dough and leave it on the side and then we would have that for our meals. And that was just a really nice memory from my childhood. I had no idea that it's the same thing as uh, papar because I looked up a video of how it's made. Also, it looks delicious. By the way, I'm like, mm, I love like, you know, it, it looks, I understand completely what Hino means when she says like Play-Doh food because I can imagine as a child, you would you would want to play with it. Or even as an adult, man, I don't know. Like, hey. I, I feel like I would want to play with this sometimes, but um, I didn't know that that's, it's the same dough as papar. I love papar. I love crunchy I love papar too. Yes. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of carbs, but I am not complaining because I love my carbs. I love all the carbs. Like it's, it sounds, it sounds amazing to me. I was just gonna say you're not alone. I love carbs. I have an unhealthy obsession with carbs. Carbs are my first love, and carbs, that carbs, actually carbs. brings me. Carbs are so good. I don't know people who give up carbs as part of a diet. I just I can't I can't relate. I can't. I would give up any other food other than carbs. <laughs> uh, but why give up any food at all? Food's amazing. Uh, ah, don't restrict. Anyway, that brings me to my favorite food, which is pasta. Indian food always just seemed really intimidated to me growing up. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that. But to me, it just felt like my mom came in and was like a wizard and just did all these amazing things. And somehow (laughs) a five course meal was on the table. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that. So for somebody who's so intimidated by her mom, who wasn't sure she could ever learn how to cook, 
pasta was a godsend. And what I really love about pasta is that you can kind of go from really simple food like macaroni and cheese to really complicated food. You can kind of do whatever you need with it. And yeah, just pasta is amazing. You know what I love about pasta? All the fun shapes it comes in. I actually did this with my husband. I made pasta from scratch our first Valentine's Day. That was so much fun. I wonder if there's some sort of significance between like the shapes of pasta and the origin of specific types of pasta. That's a really good question. And I was actually researching the history of pasta for this episode. And it turns out like a lot of other things, it's more complicated than it appears. Such a simple food, but ironically, it has such a complicated history. So I think the original, original history is actually in the form of noodles. And it first appeared in, the, in ancient China. But since then, it traveled to other parts of Asia, then Africa. And then finally, in Italy, I think its earliest form was lasagna. They called it something different. But essentially, it was like those pasta sheets. And then they kind of was like, well, what if we take this sheet and cut into different shapes? So I'm not a pasta expert. I'm just a pasta enthusiast. So I can't tell you 100% what all the different shapes came from. But I do think it came from people experimenting just like I do. Like Amrita and her husband, I, I did also try to make pasta from scratch by hand because as just like Saloja, I would also consider myself a pasta enthusiast. Very much not an expert, just an enthusiast, as you said, perfectly. Um, I, I tried making um, tagliatelle. I, again, I hope Italians, please forgive me. Don't come for my life. Um, <laughs> I, I don't speak Italian. I love Italy, though. Been there once. Want to go again. But the when I made it, the shape was not the best. The texture was okay. I, I, I could improve it. I could see myself improving it. I didn't have a pasta maker. So it was really hard to make by hand, like roll it out. To be honest, even with the pasta maker, it could be pretty difficult. So you're not the only one. But hey, listen, pasta is pasta. Perfect shape or not. We all come in, just like humans come in a lot of different shapes. Pasta comes in all the different shapes. And as long as it's got enough garlic in it to keep the vampires away, I'm there. I'm a garlic girl. Oh as long God. as I can scare away my date with a garlic breath. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of garlic, one of my absolute go-to dishes when it's been a long day, we've all had those, right? It's been a long day, we just don't have energy, but we don't want to door dash for the millionth time. We want to do something a little bit more. Is a pasta dish called aglio e olio. And I'm so sorry for the Italians. I know I mispronounced that. And it's so simple. You can make it in the time it takes for your pasta water to boil. All you got to do is chop some garlic, chop some parsley, Throw it all in a pan with some olive oil, throw the pasta together, and you got a delicious dish. And it's not the most traditional, but I like to add some lemon juice and some freshly grated parm. Smell of sizzling garlic and parsley. Ah, it just comforts me no matter what. That sounds delicious. You know, um, that reminds me of that episode with Aziz and Zari. What was that show called? Master of None. Master of None. Ah, Master of None. So this whole time that you've been talking about pasta making and pasta so all i could see in my head was a black and white episode where he's speaking italian oh my god that's okay so that's actually exactly the image that came into my mind too for some reason that just goes to show that like we we all of us have a lot in common even though we have so many like cool things about us to like wrap up on the pasta conversation a bit is it just me or like did anyone else's mother's did the whole masala pasta thing growing yes. up? Oh, yes. That's the only <laughs> pasta my mom knows. <laughs> so my mom, like, you know, the olio, the pasta olio, my mom thinks that's not real pasta. Real pasta is only when you add marjum to harder. <laughs> Does anybody else have any, like, easy go-to dishes when they're just tired, but they still want to eat delicious food? 
do. I do. Um, for me, it has to be pancakes. They're like my absolute favorite. I'm someone who loves food, and it's really difficult for me to like, you know, pick one. Like, what do I like? And as much as I love my desi dishes for the comfort meals, I do not have my mother here, unfortunately. So I had to come up with my own. And pancakes are the easiest you could do. I moved to the U.S. almost seven years ago, and they've been my staple since then. They're easy to whip up. They just cover all sorts of dietary needs. Oats. No one will judge you if you put like oats flour in your in your pancakes instead of your normal all-purpose flour. You have mixes. You have protein pancakes, and the toppings are endless. You can do whatever you want with it. And it's just it's just such a happy breakfast for everyone. Honestly, talking about pancake mixes, I have a protein pancake mix. I think it's a Kodiak brand or whatever. But oh, um, love it, that! It's pretty good. I was surprised. So, uh, but honestly, like less pancake mixes for existing because making batter for from scratch is too much work for me most of the time. Especially pancakes are like a morning food, and in the morning, I'm not really alive. <laughs> um and, 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 and making batter is very much chemistry which is like baking which i also don't like to do i love cooking but baking too precise too stressful but what's your what's your favorite topping or mixing what's everyone's favorite toppings mixing chocolate, chocolate chip. Yeah. same my favorite butter and banana waffles. Like, oh, my right. you guys remember that yeah <laughs> Okay, so I heard chocolate, I heard bananas, I heard mango, I heard chocolate a bunch more times. We're clearly chocolate lovers. What about Shivangi? What's your favorite topping or mix-in? I prefer the dark chocolate mix-in, but Costco just sells the buttermilk, so I just have to do I'm broke. But yes, it has to be that. <laughs> and then my toppings are peanut butter and bananas. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah, but then, but then you know, sometimes you just don't even have time to whip up your own pancakes. So you just have to go to your favorite cafe. And that's what something I used to do when I was back in Austin as a master's student, just working there at night. And that's how I became best friends with my best friend. <laughs> we would so just cute. meet. He would, he would just look at my face and be like, yeah, I think it's pancake time. And we would just walk to this cafe, which was 24-7, go there, sulk get our flight of pancakes and that's what we used to do and it would just make my night like i've had pancakes at 3 a.m at 10 p.m at 7 a.m wow um and yes during the pandemic i used to do pancake saturday where i would like whip up these protein pancakes add some peanut butter add some bananas and that would make my day like pancakes actually got me through the pandemic nice <laughs> giving me hope giving me hope a lot of hope that things get better I'm glad pancakes up to you find comfort during the pandemic or really any tough time that is going on. I love pancakes so much that they just refuse to leave me. Example, <laughs> so it's my birthday weekend right now. And today I decided to go to one of my favorite breakfast brunch places with my friend. And for a change, I decided on a breakfast burrito. And I just happened to tell them like, hey, it's my birthday. I'm just celebrating. And they got me a side of pancake, which was their special birthday cake pancake to celebrate. And my friend was like, they're not leaving you. Have your pancake. Enjoy. That was the highlight of my entire birthday weekend. <laughs> that sounds awesome, Shivangi. You were saying how sometimes you would eat pancakes on Saturdays and it would be like a weekly kind of meal for you. Does anybody else find comfort in eating a weekly meal? Yes, definitely. So, dar dokri is, um, in Gujarati, we call it dar dokri, but we can, you know, I'll use the Hindi word for it called dal dokri. And in my 
Gujarati community, this dish is almost always made on a Sunday, and it's the ultimate Sunday desi comfort meal. It is essentially our Indian version of the one-pot meal. For me, dal dokli is synonymous with Sundays. Growing up, I would often wake up on Sunday mornings and find the aromas of dal dokli making their way up to my room as my mom prepared it downstairs in the kitchen. I would walk into the kitchen and there would be my mom cutting up the doklis while the pressure cooker would be hissing away in the background. We would eat the dal dokli with our kachumbar salad together as a family on Sundays and this was a rarity for us since my parents were always working at the store. Kachumbar salad in my household, basically, it's tomatoes, onions, we'd add some salt and lemon juice, and you can also sometimes put coriander in it as well. Wait, wait, wait. I thought kachumbar meant cucumber. Or did I completely make that up myself? <laughs> it's, it's possible that I made it up because, listen, I'm not Indian. I'm Bangladeshi. Most of my knowledge of Indian culture... Especially Gujarati culture is through movies and TV shows, which I I know, I know Gujaratis are very stereotyped in the movies and cult, in, in TV. I'm trying to learn. So, but I, I'm really curious about this kachumbar thing. You know what? My family makes kachumbar salad and it does contain cucumbers. All this time, honestly, I was like, cucumber, kachumbar, like Pizza, pizza, you know, like it's interesting to see how one dish can be called so many different things, even within like one culture. Actually, you know, doesn't dal dokli have different names? It's known by different names in different parts of India. For instance, in Marathi, it is called far- varanfal or chokalya. In Hindi, it is called dal dokli. And of course, like I said, in Gujarati, it's dal dokli. Um, the dish has its origins in Rajasthan and Gujarat. It is a vegetarian dish but it's packed with flavors it is spicy tangy and a little bit sweet basically there are two parts to this dish which are made separately and then combined the first part is the dal part aka the lentil soup and the second part is the doklis aka the dumplings the dal part is made from various different types of dals or lentils such as tur dal masur dal and mung dal the doklis are made by preparing a dough of wheat flour sesame seeds, green chili paste, oil, salt, and water. The dough is then rolled out like a flatbread, and diamond-shaped doklis are cut into this dough using a knife and a crisscross pattern. The doklis are then dropped into the bubbling dal where they will cook. The dish is served with debras within the Gujarati community. They're also called teplas, and sometimes these debras or teplas, they're often made from the leftover dough of the doklis. And, you know, you would pair it with the side of that kachumbar salad that I mentioned earlier. I remember eating this with my parents on the weekend sometimes. And it really just reminds me of like a warm cup of soup with like noodles inside. But the noodle is square shaped. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I love the way you described it. It, it genuinely it made me want to eat it. And I, I decided yeah. I'm going to look up a recipe. And one of these weekends, I'm going to maybe on a Sunday to honor honor your story. Uh, I'll make it for myself yeah. because it, it just sounds so good. Like my mouth is really watering genuinely right now. You know, if you guys were all closer, I would definitely have you for that Dokri Sundays for sure. So aromas of Dal Dokri. They were a reminder to me that, of course, it's prepared on Sundays, so it reminded me that yet another week had come and gone, and a new one was to begin. It kind of forced me to reflect on my life, and what had I done this week, and had I been productive? Was I working on my goals? Had I accomplished any of my goals? 
what action could I take to get closer to my goals? For me, dal dokli was never just a dish. It was and it still is an ever constant reminder of the passing of time in my life and whether I am walking in my life's purpose or not. And, you know, just to give a brief history of the dish. So basically different sources reported different origin stories, but one story goes that the Rajput king, Prithviraj Chauhan's kingdom, it was under siege by the Mughals after he had eloped with his lady love. The cook, who was a wise old man, he was still tasked with the job of preparing healthy meals for the king under this difficult siege where vegetables and meats were blocked from coming into the kingdom. So the cook came up with this concept of dal dogli. He mixed everything that was available to him, including leftover roti and herbs. And since then, this dish has become popular and communities have adopted different versions of it. I actually remember going to Rajasthan for uh, I don't know if it's still popular in Rajasthan. And I remember having this amazing food and I had no, had no idea what it was. And anytime I tried to describe it, I didn't have Gujarati friends. So it was hard to explain it that well. But now I think um I might have had it a few years ago. So it's funny oh that gosh. it brought me back. <laughs> I love that. It's the world is the world. It's it's crazy how things come together, you know. That's so true, Priyata. Things really do come together. I was just thinking about the hissing pressure cooker because I have so many memories from it. And I actually remember it from my mom making kichri at home. Funny that you mentioned kichri because that's actually one of my favorite foods. But I call it kichuri in Bangla. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm Bangli. So it's it's really interesting for me to have these conversations because there, our cultures have so much overlap because obviously South Asia, our Bengal region, the Indian region, the, so the whole continent used to be so united as we know but it's just really interesting for me to see the overlap and i know i know khichdi is one of those foods that are present in india in all over india in different forms but i think from what i hear like mainly as a comfort food for when people are sick i love khichdi so just like shivangi like i said i i love food it's really hard for me to pick one but i'm very much craving khichdi today because of the really cold rainy day outside that's actually a Bangali thing. I don't know if any of y'all also do it. Feel free to mention if you do. But I grew up eating kichuri on rainy days. And ra- if I, if it was raining outside, especially pouring rain, it meant we were going to be do- having puna kichuri with either chicken or beef curry, a slice of lime, and raw onions with some achar. Um, yes. At, which is South Asian pickles for our listeners who may not be familiar with the um with the word. <laughs> I'll describe the dish in a second too, but I know achar is also like one of those that is very common across our cultures. Do you mean wet achar or dry achar? Because I recently went shopping for achar masala, which I didn't even know what it was. It was for like a topping of a recipe I was making and I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, I didn't know that there was such a thing as a wet achar and a dry achar. And I'm a lover of all kind of achar. (laughs) So this is news to me. And I'm from uh, Kolkata, which is, I'm also Bengali. So this is definitely um, what we've grown, grown up with as well. So uh, thank you, Amrita. Like I know so I, what's going to be really interesting, I think, for our listeners also is just to learn about how how much overlap exists, but between Indians and Bangladeshis and then also Bangladeshi Bengalis and yeah. Indian Bengalis. So it, it's going to be, I'm really excited for our journey but going back on the achar conversation real quick, describe wet achar and dry achar because I would also like to know <laughs> what the difference is. So dry achar is like the red masala thing that you put on papadina lot. But wet achar is almost like 
pickle. It's like pickled. Well, in the store, it said pickled vegetables, almost like atanu, you know? Like our yeah. atanu might be AKA wet achar. Like, yeah, so our achar is wet, wet achar. That's, that's what we make with a lot of different vegetables, the same spices. Um, and, and mustard, mustard oil is a key ingredient in a jar for oh, us. Yeah. We mm-hmm. do that in the winters with radishes uh, and carrots in my home. So, so it's not just a Bengali thing. It's, it's a, it's a MP slash Madhya Pradesh yeah. thing as well. Uh, and I think I'm the only one like kind of like, you know, odd one out here because there aren't many people coming from my state. So. That's a surprise. A happy one. <laughs> this is very interesting uh, from a South Indian perspective. I feel like I'm hearing a lot about the North Indian perspective because for South Indians, what we call a char, we call something different. Uh, we call it alakai or pachidi. And it's, I think it's all wet, but we have different types of wet. Yeah, so my parents are trying to explain to me, like we have malagai, uh, pachidi, and we just call very different things, but we don't really do the dry. So this is very interesting to hear how South Indians, North Indians, everybody does it so differently, but it's all delicious. Yes. So, Sailor to jump off of kind of what you said. So, a quick story. When I was in college, I had a Malayali roommate. And so, I would bring my Gujarati, what are those, like, round patra, Gujarati patra. And I would trade it for her South Indian ch- uh, chutneys or I, I think her mom made some, like, amazing, like, achars or something. I forgot what it was called. So, I would give her my patra and she would give me her jar. And, yeah, it was, like, a fair deal. I would finish that jar in, like, less than two days. Like, it did not go far. <laughs> and I also have other South Indian friends right now. And, you know, they have this, like powders that they put on rice like you mix in oh, yeah. your powder i don't know what the powders are called but you yeah. call them puddies. 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 Yeah. Puddies. Puddies. Yep. yep. but yeah oh, very cool. i would highly recommend um <clears throat> people to try them out if they ever got a chance <laughs> that sounds like a great uh trade system the oh yeah i just <laughs> remember while we were talking we do have a dry achar but it's the like the jars of achar that we're used to our families making is the wet achar but then dry achar actually I have a lot of memories around that from school they come in little packets and I don't know why they used to call them Burmese achars I have no idea I'm gonna have to look up why they're called Burmese achars and what the significance behind that is because Burma's also like Myanmar it's on the border of uh, Bangladesh as well so I'm sure there's some overlap there but we used to buy these little tiny packets of dry ajar which would just be like usually plums um we call them boroi I don't know what you guys call them I'll have to look it up but they're a type of like the little plums with seeds in them and they're a popular ajar ingredient too for both the wet and the dry so that's what I'm remembering now now that we're talking the little dry ajar packets that we used to buy for maybe dui taka which is two taka Bangladeshi takas when I was in school through the little gate during our tiffin time which is our lunch time but now going back to the kichuri conversation ajar has that layer of oil, right? That mustard oil. I know, I know all of us can just close our eyes right now and smell it. So a must for eating buna kichuri. So there's, Maoris make two different types of kichuri. I'm not sure about y'all. Um, buna kichuri is a dry rice and lentils dish. So for listeners, kichuri itself is a dish made with rice and lentils. Uh, people use different types of lentils in different areas, but it's mainly um, either we make it with moong dal or masoor dal. Mm-hmm. Those are the two main ones that we use. Um, but the buna kichuri is dry and patla kichuri is 
the soft version, soft, it can be anywhere from soft and mushy to like runny, soupy, depending on how each family likes the texture. The soft version, I think, is the one that I've seen most Indian folks talk about. Um, we make papla kichuri a lot during roja, which is what we call our fast during the month of Ramadan. Cause you can imagine it's, it's very easy on the stomach, easy to eat, very nutritious. But buna kichuri is my absolute favorite. And I, I, one thing like I'm going to say is I love taking a spoonful of the achar oil and just drizzling it over the kichuri and chef's kiss. Like what oh, that yes. does to the kichuri. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you, Amrita. Thank you. I'm glad to know that that's in common because that's essential. Yes, Which, uh, represent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Represent. It's, it's, it's the same in my household too, especially the runny kind. And we would have it with some achar. But if you're sick, no achar for you. You have to eat it with yogurt. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Yeah, my friends have told me that that's a that's a common like sick food is like you just make very plain kitchen, you put yogurt, and that's that's what you eat. We also make a version with vegetables in it too. You can yes. also put meat in it. Like you can put veggies, you can put meat. You can make like your own variation. And I used to make it in college in my dorm because I, I had a rice cooker and I would just my mom taught me like okay, put all the mixtures, put it in the rice cooker, but. Typically, it's not made like we don't make it in rice cookers. We make it in just like a pot. I know some people make it with pressure cookers as well. Yeah, it, it has to be. And and you have to like, my mom would be like, oh, the, the, the whistles are done. Go put it on simmer or like slow down. And I would be so scared. <laughs> I would just, I know how, how I would walk slowly and try to like put it down and run away. Because I don't want to. Oh, I still do that. No. Like when I was yeah, oh, but no. less instant pots. Less instant <laughs> pots. Oh, because honestly, like pressure cookers, they are scary. Let's be honest. Like it takes skills to operate one. My mom would tell me you have to turn it off, turn the stove off after three whistles. And I would always oh. be like, was it three whistles or four whistles? Three whistles or four whistles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, my mom will be like, we'll just do one more just for good luck. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> well, so what I'm what I'm hearing is we need an episode on the role that the pressure cooker played on our childhood <laughs> and the trauma. And the trauma yes, yes. in our pressure cookers. <laughs> a different kind of trauma. Oh, well, development. Can I explain this in a therapy session with the non-healthy? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um I got lucky. My mom did not make kitchuri in pressure cooker because I don't think I would love kitchuri as much as I do now. Um, if I had that trauma associated with it, I think it'd be very hard to love this deeply. But I do have a very deep love for kitchuri. So I'm actually really excited to talk about Amrita's favorite food, which is actually also one of my favorite foods, fuchka. And this, this one is going to open the floodgates of conversation and I'm ready. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, the one and only fuchka, or another popular form of it is called kokapa, and also panipuri. I used to think it was all the same thing, but apparently not. It honestly blew my mind away when I was talking about this the other day with my friends. What is fuchka? It's basically a chip form of puri, which is fried dough with a potato filling. It is made pretty simply by boiling potato with some salt, cumin powder, chili, once it's mashed. Chat masala is something I always add to that one and to any basic food that I like to eat. There's a tamarind water masala mixture that we also have with it. Oftentimes people add yogurt, chana, and other ingredients. 
Some people add it with vodka shots. Some people actually have it with on fire, even from Delhi. Anyone else have it in, in other ways? So when you guys were talking about this, and I hear people talk about fuchka and golkapa, in my head I'm like, this is pani puri, isn't it? Like, come on, you got the little round puri, you put a little hole in it, you add some potatoes and chana, you put some sweet gari chutney, the red one, and then you put some green chutney, and you just, you stick that whole little puri in your, the whole thing, one bite, you're good. <laughs> there are very big differences. <laughs> hey, I agree with Jyota there, because we are missing a whole central Indian portion there. And in my region, that version is called Pani ke tikki or Pani ke batashe. It is very similar to what um, Amrita is talking in terms of like, you know, fuchka, which is, but because golgapas are like really big, the one which we have is like a medium-sized thing, but the filling is very similar. We have mashed potatoes and sometimes those um, peas, like yellow peas, which is called like mutter. And yes, the water is exactly the same. Um, so we have one more contender in like which one we have. Like, you know, it's time for a competition. Sounds like we need to have a Pani Puri Golkapa Fuchka taste off. And then I was actually just thinking like I went to a wedding a few months ago and they had like a water fountain of the Pani for the Pani Puri. And you just take mm. your Puri in a cup and you just put it on the fountain. And I just think it's that so amazing. That so fancy. Canale. oh my goodness i just how modernized some of these foods have become and it's just yeah. such a creative take on it like the pani puri fountain i'm like i want to do that definitely but nothing beats the original og pani puri kokata folks like me take pride in ours while pani puri was reported to be from the kingdom of magda called pulki made with smaller crispier puris than those that are used today according to the legend in the mahabharata one of the two epic major sanskrit poems in ancient India, Dopati invented the Panipuri. When the Pandava brothers, Dopati and their mother, were in exile after losing their kingdom in a game of dice, Kunti, the mother-in-law, the mother threw Dopati a challenge. She gave her some leftover aloo sabji, which is potato curry, and a small amount of dough and ordered her to cook something that would satisfy all five brothers. That sounds like Thanksgiving at my house, to be honest. <laughs> So I'm a lover of all mythology. I love mythology, Greek mythology, Norse mythology, Indian mythology, especially. I've learned a lot about through, again, talking to people, learning different stories, movies, TV. And that is such a cool story. I actually didn't know about this story from the Mahabharata. It kind of reminds Thanks. me of like our moms. My mom would just take some leftovers and just create a meal out of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, mom, cool. Like, vagarali rotli, which is one of my other favorite foods, is literally just leftover rotli that's fried with yogurt, and it tastes delicious. And it's kind of like, it's amazing how our moms just came up with meals, with their creativity and their knowledge. I think they really helped us through all of our stages in our life. They'll always be there for us, and it's just amazing how they can use their intelligence to do all these things that we would never even think of. We're still asking our parents for their advice, how to make a certain recipe. They will never give us an exact amount of something, but they'll definitely <laughs> Teaspoons, tablespoons, cups, don't, those don't exist in the South Asian kitchen. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's just like, you just like four things and pray to your ancestors. They'll just be <laughs> like, stop yeah. my child. But, but exactly. like, you know, I, I was just thinking about like, you know, Kinali's like rotely thing, how her mom would do that. And it's so amusing because my mother would do something similar without the yogurt. 
and we would call it like roti poha or roti upma and sometimes we do it with like bread too like you know soak the bread in water and like you know make it that upma consistency and just add in your spices no i was just going to say that i love our inventive recipes that that take something that like and make it into something completely unexpected like the bread upma just that that just blew my mind like that that, that is so typical of our south asian culture too and i love that I honestly forgot what we were talking about for a second because it's just so innovative the way that, you know, we make all these foods just great. I think cooking is something that is constantly changing, constantly evolving. People like to dissect it. People like to do modern takes to it. It's really awesome. Before we forget what we're talking about, this is about Pani Pori again or Golakappa. Uh, this has been in all phases of my life as a young kid admiring her masis or I guess aunties to a quick study break in college, going out with friends after, and this is how my mom and my mother-in-law especially bonded with me. Visiting a new country to meet her daughter-in-law was scary, but this both made us feel at home. In fact, every time I ever uh, see my mother-in-law, right before she goes back to India, we make sure that we ended off with a nice little meal of puchka. And last time I was pregnant, so uh, of course I didn't like it for the first time in my life, which is unheard of. But we laughed about it. And now that I have my baby, we're, we're going to enjoy it the next time she comes back. A really amazing story, Amrita. And then, like, you know, talking about, like, visiting homeland or motherland. I grew up in India, so it's a it's a different story for me. Just a quick question. It's like, you know, just to, like, bond over our um, collective desiness here whenever you guys, if allowed or if you tried, uh, if you were brave enough to try those roadside stalls for your pani puri pani tikki uh puchka uh, golgappe did everyone and their moms were like where is our sukha puri or, yes, or, was, me. or was uh, there's me? no mom that's me i don't know whose mom you're talking about i'm that mom um so i religiously used to eat puchka outside of my school in bangladesh for those of you who may not know I actually spent part of my childhood in Bangladesh and I went to school in Bangladesh and I have a lot of fuchka stories. I don't know if you have time. Were you born in Bangladesh, Priyata? Yes, I was born in Bangladesh. So I was born in Bangladesh. I came here at around fifth grade. So I, I guess I'll take a couple minutes, like two minutes real quick to tell this really funny story um, <laughs> about fuchka. But me and my friend at the time, me and my best friend at the time, we were like, oh, we really want to do uh fuchka eating day. And so we bring, like, we ask our parents for money that day because we're in seventh grade. Okay, we're not, like, big. We're not grown. We don't have our own money. Seventh grade, I tell my parents, like, yeah, like, can I, like, you know, I ask for some money and I bring extra taka, which is 100 Bangladeshi taka. And she brings extra and that was our agreement. And then we're going to just see how much we can eat, both of us, with that money. So we start eating and it starts pouring rain and we like to eat our fuchka very spicy. So we always, we're the ones that put extra chili powder on top, extra talk, extra everything. Okay. So I come home and my uniform, I'm on my, also back home, most schools require uniforms. So I was in my uniform. I come home, light sky blue colored dress. Okay. I get home and my my aunt, who is, like, helping me ready, get ready, like, to go to the bathroom to shower, she's like, what happened to your uniform? I'm like, oh, whoops. And turns out, we ate so much fuchka, and it, it was just so out of control with the pouring rain that I had chili powder, like, splotches on my uniform. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's how hard I go for fuchka. So, just... You you won your three suka puris that day instead of just one. <laughs> I eat a lot more than three. And the uncle that we used to get it from knew. 
(laughs) (laughs) These are all amazing stories, and it was really interesting to get to know you guys through your favorite foods. It seems like one of the recurring themes in all of our stories is our moms. Our moms have really done so much for us, and they're so creative, and they just whip something up in the kitchen, and it seems so easy. Everything seems so easy, and honestly, growing up and trying to learn how to cook, it's it's not easy. And I give them so much credit, and I have so much appreciation for what they've done. Tanali, you read my mind with your comment, because I think a uniting theme of this entire episode is honestly the ingenuity of brown moms. Yeah. Like, I think they were relegated to the kitchens for so long, and in one way, obviously, it's a prison, but in other ways, it's like, wow, they were so smart. And they weren't aware to apply their intelligence to formal education, so instead they did it to the kitchen. And look at it's all crazy. of this. Look at just a collection of six brown women, and we have such different foods, just such different things. And whether it's Indian food or American food, it's all somehow related to our moms and inspiring us or trying to emulate them, like with me with the pasta. Like, I'm trying to be as creative as her, but I'm yeah. too scared. <laughs> and just all the different types of things, like the history of the pochka. So I just think it's a great first episode because I love how it is really united by the ingenuity of brown women. Thanks for tuning in. Any suggestions on what we can cover next? Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sorry Spice Pod. Briata, is your mouth watering? Because I'm pretty sure I just heard a. Yes, yes. Oh, did that. I mean, if the, if the mic picked that up, we're going to leave that in there because I'm sure people can relate. I'm sure people can very much relate.